grandmother. There was still something of the rebel in the straight glance of fearless eyes, the strong moulding of her wide mouth, and the doggedness of a young pointed chin. Being left alone in the world had no terrors for Fenella, but once she landed in Canada, she grew conscious of acute homesickness and the sudden wish to be back in London with the mother whose love was at worst the only one Fenella had ever known. After all, she was only just twenty-one, and what did she know about life in Canada on a cattle ranch, and this father whom she could not even remember? She was homesick, and a little afraid when she arrived at Edmonton. And still more afraid when her father's manager met her, only to tell her that she would never know that father, and that he must forever remain to her a stranger and a name. Dick Shaw had been killed in an accident, hunting beaver up the Hudson, a day before Fenella landed, and his funeral was Fenella's only welcome from him. She was terribly lonely for weeks after that. Financially, she found herself well off. Everything had been left to her. She was not unlucky to become the owner of a handsome bungalow and a flourishing ranch, but there seemed little suitable companionship for one of her years and upbringing. Except for the Indian women who were servants, there was nobody within miles and then only the rough and ready Canadian wives of neighbouring ranchers. Of necessity, she was thrown more than a little upon the company of her father's manager, Max Gearing. Of German and English origin, Gearing was a big, fair, handsome man of a powerful, athletic build, with sleepy, long-lidded eyes and a Teutonic passion for music outside his work. Fenella's father appeared to have placed infinite trust in him, and he seemed, indeed, a capable and efficient manager. Fenella was told all round that she could leave her business in his hands with utmost confidence. She also heard that Max had an eye for female beauty and was something of a heartbreaker in the district. Such a reputation would arouse any woman's interest, and it was not long before the girl, Fenella, looked at and spoke to her manager with feminine curiosity as well as business instinct. Max could be charming. Max made himself more than charming to his employer's daughter, now mistress of the Bar Nun Ranch. Not only was she lovely, but she was lonely, and his own bungalow was but half a mile across the grazing fields. He could come up in the long winter evenings and play to her on the tinny old piano, from which his fingers managed to extract the utmost possible harmony. And he could sing, too, little heartbreaking songs by Schumann and Schubert, In German, very appealingly, Max delivered these ballads. There was nobody to advise Fenella. Nobody but the big blonde Max to amuse her and drive away the depression of that first interminable winter when the snow seemed to fall without ceasing and one couldn't get outside the door for days on end and the nights were cold, dark and terrifying. Long silences, broken only by the hungry cry of wolves from the surrounding forests. Fenella had ample protection in her Indian servants. Tommaso, the Chippewayan who had been Mr. Shaw's devoted servant, would have died for Little White Lady, as he called Fenella. And there were others ready to die for her. She had gained an immense popularity on the ranch. She had shown such spirit in learning to ride a horse, to shoot, to fish, and to endure physical hardships stoically like other women in the vicinity but it was not enough for her to have faithful followers or devoted slaves. Her heart, lonely and hungry as any girl's for human affection, cried for something more. 
and that something was supplied by Mags. Then, in the new year, down at the saloon, there had been a dance. Penella, in a pretty evening dress brought out from London, and Max, one of the only men to possess a dinner jacket, danced together the whole evening and made a handsome, devoted enough couple to cause all the tongues for miles around to wag freely for days afterwards. So it was not a matter for amazement when, at the end of January, it was announced that Fenella and Max were getting married. Now the great day had come. Tomorrow was Max's and Fenella's wedding day. After tomorrow, Max would not need to come up here just to look through the accounts and talk business. He would move from his bungalow to hers and stay here with her always. They would never be parted again. It was a delirious thought to Fenella because she was very much in love with Max, and it was the first time in her life she had been in love and had known the intoxication of...